0: professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: The opinions of the commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Astral Media Radio. 7.07 on Montreal's news talk leader, CJAD800. Welcome to What Keeps You Up Nights, presented by Fuller Landau, a new business program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Dalmar, along with my co-host every mon- Monday night at 7, Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Josh,
2: welcome. Good evening, Dan. So what is on the menu for tonight? Tonight is a story that's going to take us inside the Chinese borders. There's plenty of people that do importing today. There's lots of small businesses that are sourcing, that are selling uh, to other parts of the world. There's, uh, there's many countries that we explore, but we certainly hear the most about China. And our guest tonight, Jamie Kerr from K3Source, not only does business in China, but pretty much lives half, of his, half the year, half of his life there. And I think we're gonna hear some really fantastic stories about his business, where it started and where it is today. Jamie, welcome. Hello. Uh, Why don't we start off uh, and uh, let us know exactly what your company does today and then kind of take us to where you started and how you got into it.
3: Well, today uh, my company is a small contract manufacturer based in Montreal and in Shanghai, China. We manufacture high-end goods, uh, high-end meaning low tolerance, very precise goods for customers all across Canada, United States, Europe. Singapore, we have customers everywhere. and uh, But our common thread and our common uh, um, business model is that we manufacture low-quantity, high-end product. And we, we've been doing it for the last six years, uh, starting small and growing to what we are today.
1: What are some of the kinds of products that you do uh, get into?
3: We manufacture everything from medical parts to some military parts. Uh, we've manufactured everything from train wheels to bathroom fixtures to steak knives um, it's it doesn't really sort of fit one particular industry or one p- particular manufacturing style we've done metal fabrication we've done wood products we've done plastic products the only common thing is that every one of the pieces that we make has to be precise and very good and the customers demand no returns whatsoever
2: so then why China and where did you start
3: well we started uh, a long time ago in Canada, uh, using subcontractors to manufacture um, products or jobs or projects that were given to us in uh, by US advertising agencies. Our business started as a point of purchase advertising agency supplier. We uh, um, had a round of, uh, of customers in the New York area, And uh, these guys threw everything at us. They said, okay, make uh, something out of glass and make this product out of metal and make this product out of plastic and and, and whatever. Now, uh, how it evolved is that we learned how to deal with subcontractors all around Quebec. And this was in a a time when the dollar was very favorable for the U.S. to come up to Canada to do work. So we were like an English-speaking third-world country to them. So it, it worked out well f- for our company. Uh, we started out and got, you know, got our chops by uh, using uh, subcontractors all around Quebec and all around uh, um, uh, Southern Ontario and Quebec to, to manufacture all these different products. This is how we started. Um, we got a, a contract to manufacture um, some outdoor signage for uh, Smirnoff. Smirnoff Ice. Very, it's a brand. It's a particular color. It's a particular style. Has to be done very, very precise. We didn't know where to make it, and uh, we went to China. We, I knew somebody, and they said, "Well, here, you know, I'll make it for you." He was in the garment business. Said, "You know, it's like printing a pattern on a dress. So I think I can do it." So I, I took the, uh, I took the order, and. Uh, and we got the sample and the customer approved the sample because it was Schmirnoff ice, which is a particular red and silver and black and the color specific. And we received uh, the, the sign off sample. Everything was fine. Went into production, paid the money, uh, received the goods. And this is, was a promotion for, at the Indianapolis Speedway in the United States. So it was rather large. And we received the goods, uh, good two weeks before the race, before the event, and they were all purple. Okay. So uh, it, it was the typical uh, horror story that you hear of small manufacturers, small entrepreneurs getting into business, trying to you know make it on their own and going by what they considered to be North American standards on how to do business. You get a sample, you see the sample, you approve the sample, pay the money, ship the goods, and move on um and uh, it doesn't exactly work that way in China so we found out so i quickly got on a plane went to china for the for you know i hadn't been there since 1989 i started going to china in 21 years ago uh when i was in the footwear business and hadn't been there on my own since then and this was about almost 7 years ago uh we had this contract and uh we uh in a week had to produce what it was taking a month to produce earlier because it still had to be at the race on time for Smirnoff. There were huge penalties, and we were too small to absorb the penalties, so we just had to remake the production. So I went, and I lived inside a factory from morning till late into the morning and for you know, 12, 16, 17, 18 hours at a time until the product was right, and we shipped the product.
2: So what you found out is that you really had to be on the ground to make things happen. And you, I guess you, you kind of learned the very hard way.
3: And the I, very, hard, very expensive way, but it's an education. We've never made the mistake again since then. We've never had product return since then. We've never made the mistake. However, the trade-off is that I spend an awful lot of time in China.
2: If Smirnoff Ice comes out with a grape flavor, do you get royalties?
3: <laughs> They're still sitting in a warehouse somewhere, somewhere in, outside of Chicago.
1: Uh, you're listening to uh, What Keeps You Up Nights on uh, CJAD. Our guest this evening, Jamie Kerr of K3 Source. He's a con- he's in uh, contract manufacturing, does a lot of business in China. Uh, so if you yourself do business in China, if you have any questions uh, for Jamie on his experiences uh, with, uh, with the Chinese uh, manufacturing process, you can always give us a call right now at 514-790-0991-790-0991-STAR-TALK-STAR-8255. That's free on Bell Mobility. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people uh, what keeps you up nights continues after the traffic break it's coming up to 7:15 right now
0: for professional advice with a personal touch consult fuller landau chartered accountants and business advisors click on flmontreal.com Welcome
1: back at 718, what keeps you up nights on CJAD, a new show all about business people just like you who have struggled and managed to succeed in the end. Dan Delmar along with Flor Landau's Josh Miller, and our guest this evening is Jamie Kerr from K3 Source. He's in contract manufacturing and does a lot of business in China. 514-790-0991-790-0991, StarTalk, Star8255
2: on Bell Mobility. You know, Jamie, I've had the great pleasure of traveling to Hong Kong and southern China, and I know there's so many industries there, but that's only part of the country. Very there, small part of the country. A very small part of the country. So, so tell me, where, where, when you're manufacturing all these high-end products, are there different locations you look at, and how different are the various regions throughout China?
3: Uh, it's loaded question. They're completely, completely east to west, north to south. Everybody makes something different. The northern area is concentrated in wood. The southern area is concentrated in small, uh, small parts, and it's a very, very dense uh, industrial uh, area um, all throughout the Guangzhou uh, area, all throughout Guangdong province. It's a huge, uh, multiple story buildings every floor is a different factory and ten factories per floor so it's it's it they make everything down there Um around shanghai i'm based in shanghai because it's central I, it's equidistance more or less from shanghai to beijing as it is to shanghai to hong kong and uh, going west uh... you go to the suzhou area and around suzhou is about uh... S- uh hundred and 110 kilometers west of Shanghai, in there is the Chinese Silicon Valley. So there, if you are looking for chips, if you're looking for any semiconductors, if you're looking for any electron high-end electronic televisions, uh, stereos, a- anything in that area, that's the area that you're going to be looking in to find your manufacturer. You go and you audit the factory, make sure that they pass the standards that you need to have your product made, and that your customer needs to have his product made.
1: I think that's interesting what you're saying because I guess the, the stereotype about Chinese manufacturing is that it's just sort of T-shirts and trinkets, right? But they're involved oh. in some very high-tech stuff.
3: They're involved in well, they're they're flying people into outer space, and they're building their own rockets. There's an entire aerospace industry, and they're building their own planes. They're building their own planes around the Harbin area in northern uh, north of uh, of Beijing. It's the whole, uh, the aerotech industry for China is, is based in this area. So if you want any extremely high-end metal work done, I'm working on a project now for a wine preservation system. It's a refrigeration system with a wine. It's it made, the competition is made in Italy. The very high-end stuff, the, these, the, one of these sell retail for about $6,000 a piece. So they're pretty high-end. It, we're manufacturing it all in that area. Because these people are used to dealing with extremely precise instructions. When you're in the aerospace industry, you don't have a choice. You know, that's the way that, that's the law. That's just the way that it is.
2: How does one go about finding where in China to manufacture what you're looking Mm -hmm. for? Just experience? Is it uh, ask around?
3: If I told you that, I wouldn't have a job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You have uh, what's called a guangxi. You have your network of people. And uh, your network is created... Um, as your circle of manufacturing allies. And through them, you'll find one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. So if let's say if I have, I'm looking for a high-end metal worker. And what I've been dealing with is a very high-end screw producer. So they're making nuts and bolts and hardware like this, and they're very high-end. They also supply to the high-end metal worker. So I go to my guy and I say, you know, I'm really looking for somebody to make one meter by six meter high precision cut steel, where do I go? He says, go to this guy, this guy, and this guy. So I call up all three, give them the spec, they come back to me, I go and I audit their factories, I have a process audit that I do, comes out, and if they pass the process audit according to the customer's um, uh, wants and needs, um, uh, then they pass the test and we do the, the work with them.
1: 514 7900991. Our guest this evening, um, Jamie Kerr. He's with K3 Source. He does a lot of business in China. So if you have any questions about the manufacturing process there, uh, again, 7900991. Start talk on Bell Mobility. What keeps you up nights on CJAD? It's uh, now 723.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: on CJAD, inspiring stories from outstanding business people Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Our guest this evening is Jamie Kerr. He's with K3 Source. He does a lot of business in China in all kinds of manufacturing, 514-790-0991. Talk on Bell Mobility. We have John on the line. Hi, John.
4: Good evening, Jamie. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had a question with regards to uh, exporting samples as a uh, representative here in uh, Quebec and Montreal in Canada. Um, when uh, What I'm looking for is some sort of a tool or maybe a facility that uh, allows a very inexpensive exporting of samples with regards to freight and maybe combining uh, samples with other groups of people who may be doing the same kind of thing that I'm trying to do. You know, I have a very small sample. You want to bring it out here, but it's going to cost you $200, and I'm just starting up my... Uh, entrepreneurial uh, business, you know? Yeah. You
3: mean uh, importing samples into Canada?
4: That's correct, yeah. yeah. They, they, you know, they're going to offer the sample for free, but for me to get them over here, it requires a lot of paperwork, and obviously you yeah, going through a broker and everything, and it's uh, you know, it's going to run a couple hundred dollars every time I want to do it, no matter what sample size or, or what sample it is that I'm bringing in, and I was wondering if there was some sort of facility, uh, either through uh, commerce or trade or something that, that uh, sort of, uh, people as a group had large shipments come out which contained a, gr- a pile of samples from a whole bunch of people that might be trying to export at the same time.
3: Well there's uh, consolidated services that are offered by every single shipping company. They do consolidated air shipments as well as consolidated ocean shipments and these are less than container loads and that offers uh, a a discount at uh, a, against the regular courier fares. Uh, the uh, a courier fee is, is uh, I agree with you, quite expensive to bring something that you think is, you know, $30 to bring it uh, from, from one side of North America to the other is maybe $300 to bring it from, you know, innermost China to here. Exactly. So uh, it, I would recommend contacting a, um, a, a shipping company or a logistics company, and they all offer less than container loads. And a less than container load, whether it be ocean, which takes about um, twenty-one to thirty days to go across the ocean and into your hands, or right. air, which usually takes about five days, and uh, it's it's uh, a lot less expensive than dealing with um, with regular courier companies. There's also a courier company in China uh, called EMS, and it's a it's a division of the postal uh, service of China. And it, uh, they also offer uh, off-fair prices to ship goods overseas.
1: Thanks very much for the call, John. In studio is Jamie Kerr. He's with K3 Source, a uh, contract manufacturing company. He does a lot of business in China, so that's uh, that's the topic we're devoting most of this show to. If you have a question uh, for Jamie, if you do business in China, if you'd like to do business in China, uh, now's a great time to uh, pick his brain a little bit. 514-790-0991, 790-0991, Star8255. Star that's free on Bell Mobility. And uh, you can also text your message to 514-800. This is what keeps you up nights on CJAD, a new business program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. CJAD time is coming up to 7.30.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Coming up to 734 on CJAD, What Keeps You Up Nights, a new show on CJAD, all about business people just like you who have struggled. And managed to succeed in the end. Uh, our guest this evening, Jamie Kerr of K Three Source. He's in uh, contract manufacturing. He uh, he does work in China, uh, in all kinds of uh, areas of manufacturing. So it's a great time if you're interested in doing business in China. If you do business in China, uh, it's a great opportunity to pick his brain a little bit. Five one four seven nine zero zero nine nine one seven nine zero zero nine nine one. star talk on Bell Mobility. Uh, let's go to N D G. And Martin is on the line with a question. Hi, Martin. Hi, hello. Um, I was wondering how do you go about finding what companies are out there, like in China, looking for uh, what products in, in Canada? If uh, I can give you just a little aside story, uh, I, was, uh, I met some uh, old business uh, associates in, in Vancouver uh, a couple of years ago, and they asked me if I could help them uh, source certain food products in Montreal to be shipped to uh, China. Uh, it took a while to break in and get the confidence of uh, three large companies. And when I turned around, there was no support behind me any anymore. The the money promised, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everything had evaporated. So I'm just wondering now that I've made these contacts, how do uh, I can cut out the middleman, I guess, and then try to
4: find out who's looking for what product in uh, in China.
3: Well, it's it's not really who's looking for what product because you go into any grocery store or restaurant in Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, uh, Hong Kong, and they have everything under the sun. Right. Uh, it's a matter of finding a distributor in China. The same way that you would have a food distributor here, uh-huh. there are food distributors all throughout China based in, in the major cities, mm-hmm. and any one of these food distributors will have listings at particular national chains of grocery stores, and that's the kind of people that you want to um, uh, bring your products to.
1: Okay, so
3: how do we find these people? You gotta go. You have to go down. It's part of the thing about China, you know. Um, I made uh, a mistake earlier on in my career by not spending the amount of time necessary to get good product out of China, and now we deliver uh, very, very good product out of China, and we deliver it all the time because I go.
2: I think I can also add to that if you want to maybe take a stab going through. Hong Kong into China, the Hong Kong government has set up a couple of, uh, I guess, crown corporations that assist Canadian companies and actually companies throughout the world to do trade through, and, through Hong Kong into Hong Kong and through Hong Kong into China. The Hong Kong Economic Trade Office and the Hong Kong Trade Development Council, they both have head, head offices in Toronto, but, uh, but certainly come to Montreal on a frequent basis. I think that those are interesting points, and
1: uh, Jamie, what you mentioned earlier in the show is that uh, this isn't the kind of business relationship you can do uh, by telecommuting.
3: No, not at all. Uh, the the There's an old-school way of doing business in China, and there's a new-school way of doing business. The new school is uh, younger people, university-educated, um, doing business in the financial sector, doing business in, in many different sectors, and they do use telecommunications to do the most part of the business. but. They have to meet you and see you face to face, look in your eyes and do business with you. For the most part, the old school way of doing business where you can get beautiful product, really top, top notch product. You have to be friends with the person who owns the factory or you'll never do business with them. They won't do business with you. You you can do all the Western process audits and 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 say, give them a list of criteria that needs to be met and uh, instructions on how to build the product and their price may be fantastic, but if you can't be friends with them and and share a drink and share a meal and, and, and be friends with them, they will not do business with you.
2: So that's the Guangxi that you were talking about earlier?
3: Yes, it's your circle of allies.
2: Excellent.
1: Uh, uh if you want to uh to uh to pick uh Jamie's brain a little bit the number is 514 nine star talk on bell mobility and uh Jamie I guess uh, we're addressing sort of um I guess the cultural boundaries I suppose that are, that have to be crossed and uh here in North America we're sort of used to doing business over the phone and online uh but there um to speak a bit a bit more about the importance of uh of, I guess developing personal relationships with people there because it's not something that we're used to necessarily in North American business.
3: No, not at all. You do business just to do business. It's all about mm-hmm. making money back and forth. There, it's about making friends and then you'll make money. And that's how that's how business is done. It's just that you can't change it. it is there
2: a certain etiquette when you walk into a room or a meeting?
3: There, There used to be a really large etiquette about walking in and Certain people were on the right and certain people are on the left and the dominant person is facing the door and th- there's a lot of protocol. These, that is still around when you go far outside of the main cities and uh, you're into the countryside and you're into, again, really, it's not like you're going to the countryside and seeing a manufacturer that knows how to make, you know, um, uh, ox plows or something. The, the guy in the country is making sophisticated, high-end products. Now, uh, there's a certain protocol that has to be met with them, but but maybe not in the cities anymore. It's too bad. I kind of like it.
1: This is uh, What Keeps You Up Nights on CJAD. Our guest, Jamie Kerr of K3 Source. He is in uh, contract manufacturing in China. And, uh, Jamie, as I, ex- as I expected, uh, some calls coming in now uh, to, I uh, guess, pick your brain about doing business in, in China at 514-790-0991 or StarTalk on Bell Mobility. Uh, let's go to Knowlton, and uh, that's where we find Sally. Hi, Sally. Hello. So go ahead.
2: Well, my, my question is for Mr. Kerr. How did he overcome the language problem? Does he have to deal strictly in Chinese? Does he work through an interpreter? Or specifically, how did he overcome that that language problem?
1: Good question. Uh,
3: It takes a little bit of time. Um, uh, You need to uh, learn uh, to speak Chinese or learn to understand Chinese at least. And... uh, Preferably not let anybody else know that you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, takes a, it takes a while, and you have to be motivated to learn how to do it. You, uh, I took uh, um, uh, lessons on audio tape, uh, and every time I flew over, I would listen over and over and over and over and over again, and then you start speaking a little bit, and you expand your language a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more to get to the point where all of a sudden you're sitting in a restaurant and you're sitting alone and you're eating and you're listening to conversations around you and you're actually understanding what everybody's saying. It's a big breakthrough personally when you can, it's like being blind and all of a sudden you can see.
2: But can you be successful without speaking the language?
3: Uh, you can be successful without, of course, you can be success. everybody can be successful depending on how much work they do, but uh, it, it is definitely an advantage to be able to learn the culture and learn the language of the country that you're doing business in.
1: And what about uh, the Chinese as far as their ability to speak English? Uh,
3: uh, As a a country, they learn English at school, but it's uh, um, very base level. And uh, the younger um, people have more command of the English language than the older people. The older people don't speak much at all They have a hard time communicating from one village to the next because the older people speak one dialect in one village, another dialect in another, and neither one of them understand each other. It's actually easier for them to learn English, to speak to each other than it would be to learn. So, uh, they don't speak a lot of English.
2: So would it be easier to do business through a country that does speak English, let's say India?
3: Uh, Sure, it would be easier to communicate with them. But would you get what it is that you were ordering? um in india it's a great country and it's great to do business it's it's a lot easier as a entrepreneur as an entrepreneur to do uh work in india because i speak english and they speak english you know chinese is chinese and i'm english speaking so um it, it on that end it's easier but um in as a general statement a lot of the 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 product that you want precise over and over the like repetitive precise products to come out of a factory I trust the manufacturing in China a little more than elsewhere any other place
1: and have you had many problems as far as quality control goes or is that sort of like a a stereotype I guess you could say
3: no it's not a stereotype at all quality control is uh, is up to you if you leave it to somebody else you're buying you're the buyer and if you don't check what it is that you're buying. When you go to buy groceries at a store, you look at the gros- you look at the vegetables that you buy before you buy them and you make sure that they're good. Well, it's basically it's the same thing. You're just buying a product. You need to look at it and make sure that it is what it is that you bought.
2: And if you're not there, do you do you recommend or do you have people on the ground that look for you?
3: We have an office. We have a staff that does this. Uh, we've grown to the point where we have a small staff in Shanghai and we go out to the factories and we audit and we do QC on every single product at least. And these are people that are employed by me rather than an agency. So it's just a level of trust that I have.
2: Was it difficult to find them? And like you say, you know, you control them, they're under your payroll, so to speak. But if you're on the other side of the world for half the year, how do you maintain trust with them?
3: Well, the, in the office, there's uh, one one North American, and uh, the rest of the people are from, from around the Shanghai area, and uh, we communicate on a daily basis. They all speak English, so my instructions are given to them in English, and then um, I, I get the work back from them.
1: We're speaking with Jamie Kerr. He's with K3 Source. They do a lot of uh, contract manufacturing in China, so that is the focus of our show today, China, and uh, I guess um, dispelling some myths and uh, picking Jamie's brain about the the whole manufacturing process there, which um, can be quite complex, quite interesting, too. If you have a question for...
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. get you through the night...
1: 748 on Montreal's News Talk leader CJAD800. What keeps you up at night? Presented by... Fuller Landau, a new business show on CJAD every Monday night at 7 p.m. about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Our guest this evening, Jamie Kerr of K3 Source. He's in contract manufacturing and does a lot of business in China. Uh, So we've had some uh, callers pick uh, Jamie's brain uh, about China and about the manufacturing process there. We still have time to take a couple more calls at 514-790-0991 or StarTalk, that's free on Bell
2: Mobility. We certainly uh, I've certainly heard many stories over the years, horror stories about either goods not arriving or Jamie as you mentioned earlier, the wrong color coming in, poor strike off not being there. Is there any decision or any experience or perhaps mistake you've made that you that you've probably learned the most from that you'd like to share with
3: us? The reason why I do uh, uh process audits on factories now is because I was doing business uh, with a factory and um, I thought I was doing business with a a, a state-owned multinational huge company. And in fact, I was not. I was doing business with a factory that was rented to some people inside of the complex of this large multinational. So I didn't do my due diligence and uh, I shipped a container of goods on a Monday and uh, my second container of goods uh, after QCing it all and making sure that it was going out the door properly. And then I went back on the Wednesday to ship the second container. I had uh, five containers scheduled to ship in an eight-day period. And uh, I went back on the Wednesday, and there was nothing there anymore. The whole factory was gone. The machinery was gone. All my goods that were inside the factory were gone. Everything was gone, and there was a lock on the door.
2: Completely disappeared.
3: Gone. And uh, I did not do my due diligence on the factory to make sure that they were what they said they were. It was my problem and my fault. and, and that year, I delivered Christmas goods in January.
2: Well what kind of due diligence would you do, and how can you trust what you find out?
3: Well, uh, you can trust what, you can see how a factory works by their own systems that they have. Um, since then, I've learned this. Uh, and, and that's your first clue. If they're all over the place and keeping piles of junk in a corner and not organizing themselves properly and not cataloging all of their raw materials and not giving themselves a good in and out system for manufacturing. If they don't have this, that's your first clue that these people are not what they say they are. Um, the, the second uh, thing would be to go to a trade show and where these people were exhibiting, and see what name they exhibit under, because they have to exhibit under their legal name. And if their legal name isn't the same as the one that's on the factory door, uh, then that's your second clue. Uh, You can't do that every time. Uh, I I go in with a Chinese uh, worker, and one of our people from our office will go in and ask the right questions that'll set off markers, and if a red flag was lit for any reason whatsoever, um, generally that factory is not chosen. So we have certain questions that we'll ask uh, in a process audit that we'll say, okay, if they say this, then we know that they're not what they say they are.
2: So it's interesting you say that, you know, you got there and the factory closed, uh, kind of, you know, brings up the economy and, and if it's hit China, and have there been factories closing has it affected your business for the good for the bad
3: uh it's been great for me uh, uh well it's great because now there are less factories making stuff over there because there's less orders coming from the west to china and in doing this a lot of factories are open for doing business so whereas before they wouldn't take an order if it wasn't under you know, if it was under $100,000 or if it was under a certain criteria that they deemed uh, not, they were not interested, now all of a sudden these people are interested in doing our work. So for us, it's it's great. You know, we're into the factories that we wanted it to be into that had now all of a sudden have capacity.
1: Jamie Kerr is our guest. He's with K3 Source. He does a lot of uh, contract manufacturing in China. So, in the remaining minutes, if you have any questions about the, the manufacturing process in China? He's really the perfect person uh, to ask uh, these types of questions to. Five one four seven nine zero zero nine nine one seven nine zero zero nine nine one. Star talks. Star eight two five five on Bell Mobility. What keeps you up nights? Presented by Fuller Landau. Right now at seven fifty three.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau Chartered Accountant and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Remaining moments with uh, Jamie Kerr of K3 Source. We're talking about contract manufacturing in China. On the line right now is uh, Ted. Hi, Ted. How
4: are you guys doing, uh, Jamie? I just want to... Well, when you're shipping out containers with, with that many pieces or samples or whatever, I mean, your name is on that container. How do you guarantee, first of all, the integrity of the of the container and the shipment? Because you're responsible for what's in there, and you don't want anybody else putting any, anything else in there, uh, number one. And number two, when you do get the wrong product or it's not the right product that you ordered, is there any recourse? Do you have a recourse against these companies? I mean, or with, through the government or through any other way or means of doing it. And the third question is, well, if you... On, we
1: only have time for two. Only have time for two, Ted. Right, Hang on right. a second. Go ahead.
3: The The recourse that you have on the question that you asked, uh there is no real recourse for that. You have to check your goods before you ship your goods. Uh, that's your recourse, is that you've done your work in making sure that what's in the containers is correct. That's, that's what your job is, is to make sure... When you're buying, is you're buying it like you're buying vegetables. You look at your vegetables before you buy it. You know, you look at your part and you make sure that it is what you ordered. And uh, the first question was: What was the first question again?
1: Uh, Ted, what was quickly your first question? Uh, how do you guarantee the integrity of
4: what's in there? I mean,
3: that's know, how you guarantee you know, like, it,
1: right? Yeah, uh, So the same thing. It's just be be a, be, a, be a responsible
2: consumer. I guess it applies yeah,
1: be to you. You're responsible. You're a
3: buyer. You got to yeah. buy responsibly.
2: Thank you very much for the call. Jamie, in the last, uh, last minute or so that we're closing up, question I have is, what keeps you awake at night? And, of course, what would be the best advice to give to the entrepreneur that's dealing with China?
3: Oh, a storm on the Pacific. Because <laughs> that'll delay the shipments, and usually the timelines are so tight that uh, you can't usually have a delay. you know. Or uh, uh, maybe one of my customers, uh, in between the time that they've ordered and paid for their goods, They've had trouble, and they're no longer a viable enterprise. And then all of a sudden, what am I going to do with 10,000 widgets and nowhere to send them? All paid for and everything, but yeah. what am I going to do with them? Uh, the 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 advice that I can give anybody going to China is remember that you're in their country. And that's the best advice. I, I know It's it's a little strange, but... Uh, You have to respect the rules of somebody else's country. You know, the same way that we as Canadians want people to respect us in our country, you have to remember that when you're overseas anywhere, especially in China, and stop trying to put a round peg through a square hole. Just learn and uh, assimilate to the culture and the ways of China, and you'll be successful.
2: Great. Thank you very much, Jamie. I think, you know, one of the important factors that certainly comes out of this hour is... You gotta do your homework. You gotta be on the ground. You gotta be in their face. And you can't just do things remotely. You're dealing with China. You're dealing with a foreign culture many, many thousands of miles away. And due diligence to the nth degree is gonna be your friend. Know who you're dealing with and make the most out of it. Very interesting. Uh, Jamie, thanks for
1: stopping by.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: The company is K3 Source. And uh, Josh, uh, what is
2: coming up next week on What Keeps You Up Nights? Next week, we have Brian Mahoney and Alex Nemeroff of Dynamo Company. They bring website design to life. Sounds fun. So join us next week, next Monday night at 7 p.m. And uh, you can reach Fuller
1: Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit flmontreal.com. News is next, and then uh, the Ryan Doyle Show on Montreal's News Talk leader, CJAD 800.